So if you do a blood test, you know, so follicle stimulating hormone and you're in late menopause transition, you've had a couple 60 day gaps perhaps and, and not menstruating or ovulating, and then you are testing FSH and it's high above 25, then you would say, okay, yes, I'm in late menopause transition and that can last, you know, one to three years. In episode 82, Mary, we went through the signs and symptoms of perimenopause and menopause, and I thought you did an outstanding job at talking about the top symptoms based on research and what they report. But what we missed in that episode was really defining menopause. How do we know we're officially in menopause? Because we'll often show up to the doctor, uh, well, patients will, and say, you know, I have these symptoms that I've maybe seen all over TikTok and Instagram, and I'm pretty sure I'm in perimenopause based on these symptoms. So hot flushes and night sweats, the classic ones, right? Insomnia, their family doctor or their clinician may say, well, let's run a blood test and let's check to see. The problem here is that running a blood test does not qualify as really figuring it out. It's We should be using the straw criteria according to the North American Menopause Society. So it's really basic. You just have to, you don't even need to be a clinician or a doctor, although I do highly encourage clinician and clinicians and doctors to listen to this episode because I feel like we're undereducated. And I only learned this by studying uh, recently from my NAMS course, because before I would kind of say, okay, well, based on your symptoms, it seems like you're there. Um, you're perimenopausal, right? Hot flushes and night sweats. And it seems a lot like you're changing based on just the age alone. And uh, well, maybe we could run a blood test, check your follicle stimulating hormone. The problem with that test is that it's variable. As we've talked about in previous episodes, it can go uh, up um, and then not catch it on a blood test because it's variable from cycle to cycle, or it could be that it's actually suppressed. So normal, seemingly normal because of fluctuating estrogen. So high estrogen will root back and cause a drop in the FSH. So it seems like you're actually totally fine. Like your blood test shows, oh, you're, no, you're not menopause, but we can't say that. We can't say to patients, no, you're not in perimenopause or menopause, when indeed they are, and this is how you know. So for the definition for early menopause transition, so first of all, perimenopause is a transition, and it includes early and late menopause transition. So early menopause transition is defined as variable or cycles that are varying by seven days and consecutive cycles like that. So if your average menstrual cycle is 28 days, now you're having for consecutive cycles in a row, 21 days perhaps, or slapping on from the 28, you're having 35 day cycles. So that's the way you can tell whether or not you're in early menopause. And then for late menopause transition, you would have, if you're over the age of 45, you just have to have one gap that's 60 days long, and that qualifies you as late menopause transition. And usually you'll have some of those symptoms of, you know, varying cycles for a few years of seven days, kind of that variability by seven days for a few years. And the timing is variable itself. Like how long, how many years will it be, you know, varying by like 21 to 35 days? That can last uh, a, a long time or a short time. It could be months, it could be years. And the um, on average, the uh, cycle where you're having 60-day gaps, that can last for um, one to three years. And if you're below the age of 45, you'd need more than one of those 60-day gaps to kind of qualify it 
to qualify that you're in late menopause transition. Just so just one, just one, just just one, um, one if you're over the age of 45. So just one 60 day gap if you're over the age of 45. And if you're under the age of 45, you need more than one 60 day gap to really qualify it. So, you know, if you're under 45, they want to make sure <laughs> that you're officially in menopause transition before they kind of um, officially name it. But is that, okay, is that truly accurate? So let's say like some people are, well, actually women with PCOS for one, that might be a difficult one. That's a different topic. Yeah, so they eliminate. Hang on a second, let's, okay, so, and then how about the people like that are just prone to stress or whatever, and like all of a sudden they have a one-off cycle? So that would be what if they're, for example, uh, under the age of 45 and they have that one off that you'd need more than one, like 60 day gap. Right. It's very rare that you have a regular cycling woman and that she would have a 60 day gap under the age of 45, um, more than once if it wasn't an issue and under 45, it could be that like stressful event that just kind of put her into a, oh, like quiet, having quiet ovaries because her body's too stressed to ovulate. Yes. Um, but as a woman with PCOS, yes, like we don't qualify under that criteria. So it actually gets a bit confusing um, as to how do you even diagnose, you know, or, uh, or not diagnose, but like, how do you name it? So women with PCOS. So there are other ways, but for women who do not have polycystic ovary syndrome, that would be how you would qualify it. So based on the cycle variability, you don't have to do blood tests. Blood tests can help. So if you do a blood test, you know, so follicle stimulating hormone and you're in late menopause transition, you've had a couple 60 day gaps perhaps and not menstruating or ovulating, and then you are testing FSH and it's high above 25, then you would say, okay, yes, I'm in late menopause transition and that can last, you know, one to three years. If you're under the age of 45, that could be variable how long that lasts, but you may be somebody who has that variability, but doesn't have the signs and symptoms because maybe you're seeing a naturopathic doctor or a traditional Chinese medicine specialist acupuncturist, and they're helping you with your lifestyle and they're helping you kind of coast through. So we talk a lot about the signs and symptoms and treatments in episode 82 and 83, 83 of uh, My Fertology. And I just felt like I missed talking about that. I wanted patients and clinicians both to know how do you know when your patient or when you are officially in perimenopause and slash menopause transition? That's awesome. I think that makes it very clear. Um, now, can there sometimes be variability with the FSH though anyway? And then when or is there an ideal time to test the FSH? Yeah, so excellent question. So let's talk about timing first. The best time, as you know, Mary, I know you know, so good <laughs> question, is day three of your menstrual cycle, plus or minus a day, but day three is the preferred day. And the reason for this is as the cycle progresses, so day one is the first day of bleed. You should specify when I say just, I just throw it out there. Day three, where day one is the first day of bleed. Now, if we let the cycle progress, estrogen starts to climb. And again, that can loop back and suppress FSH and give you a false reading. And yes, FSH would be variable. But once you're in that late menopause transition, you've had a, a, a 60 day gap, and let's say you're over the age of 45, typically the FSH would stay higher than 25. But it's variable there. We're not like, you know, it's not a cookie cutter thing. It's like just generally speaking, 
um, you would expect that most women who have had that 60-day gap over the age of 45, their perimenopause transition and their FSH would be higher than um, uh, FSH would be higher than 25 if we're testing on day three of the menstrual cycle. And just to be a true stickler, so some women may experience spotting before their real flow. So are they going to be confused? Is it, do we wait until the third day of the true flow or can they start testing once they even start spotting? So excellent question once again, which I know you know, <laughs> is that so we would always wait for the full first day uh, bleed because the spotting uh, usually is premenstrual spotting and it means your hormones are on your way down and it's not an official period. So we'd wait for the full day one bleed. So like the official full bleed. And so then changing pads, you know, a few times per day. Right. But then again, because all women are very different and made differently. So what do you do? We, what do we do with someone who has very little flow? They're like, you know what? My whole flow is like, it's almost like spotting. What do I do then? So in that case, we may have to not rely on the test. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I think we could just say, okay, let's ballpark it. You know, if you have a really light period, we'll go on based on what you think your day three is, but we can't rely only on that symptom, that test, which is exactly why, you know, we're doing this episode. I really want you to know you can't rely on blood tests, although they are very helpful in helping you understand, you know, where you're at in this kind of scenario and very helpful in other ways. Uh, it's not, you know, you can't define menopause based on FSH levels. And just to add in there, so some women with that high FSH and depending on the timing, they could, with that variability that you don't even know because the testing point, the blood test is only drawn one day, right? So it's like that minute pinpointed time in your cycle. So even though you could be 45 and listen, it doesn't happen very often, but it does happen and where you'll find women that can still conceive. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. I have so a to add that. lovely little story. If you want me to share that. Okay. So I have a lovely um, patient who, who's a, a general practitioner and she treats a lot of uh, patients with fertility and kind of like she, she delivers babies and uh, nobody we've met before. And she would be, she's actually going to come on our podcast potentially, Yay! This. but she had a patient who showed up with uh, absent menstrual cycles and she was 49 and uh, turned out, she was like, well, intuitively, I'm going to check your, you know, HCG levels. And the woman was like, yeah, there's no way. And uh, turned out that she was pregnant. And so then she set her up for um, you know, to abort because she's like, there's no way I'm having a baby at 49. And and then uh, they, as a family, they decided to keep the baby and she delivered the baby and the baby's healthy and happy at 49. Oh, so like, yeah. So natural, like just her yes. own egg, which is the oldest, like the oldest patient I had seen and helped was 47. So that was like, wow, for 49. Yes, I know. It's like outstanding. So my, I've seen 48. So Natural then, with their own eggs. Natural with their own eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Outstanding. Yeah. yeah. And that person, just to add in, um, she was in a position of, uh, you know what, I'm done. It's never going to happen because she hadn't had a child. And I said, you know, no, we never say never, never until you're actually in full-blown menopause. Granted, yeah. you know, we're not going to expect it. And certainly the odds are low. So she went away going, well, what the heck? I might as well try. And she did. She got pregnant within like a couple of months and had a healthy baby. So outstanding. crazy. Anyway, yeah. so it does happen, but I don't want you all to leave saying, oh, you know, I'm 48 and I can just get pregnant. 
right? So that's that's not oh, yeah. the, the we don't want that. Yeah, we don't, no, we don't want to hear and thinking, oh my gosh, you need birth control if that's potentially not your goal. But it's recognizing that this is a potential, and uh, you know, it's it's important that if you are trying not to give up. Um, but on the other hand, uh, it, it's just important to know that you know many of us uh, are having babies older, so understanding that you may be going through perimenopause at the same time as you're trying to make babies. So to get that support, either through it or once you've um, actually been able to start and raise children. Yes. Building your family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you find this helpful, please follow us and find us and DM us at Alive Holistic Health on Instagram. You can find us there and reach out and we shall see you real soon. And in the meantime, you can peruse our different episodes and certainly check out episode 82, which we actually talk about the menopausal symptoms. 